Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue to look at the unfortunately timely Measure for Measure. Make sure to check us out at our new home at shakespearepod.com and the rest of the network at ghostlightmedia.net. And now, on with the show. Michael only wants nonfiction science books. Cool, that's not a problem. My mom was a second grade teacher and a scientist. James, however, loves fairy tales. Ah, yes. And so what I need are awesome fairy tales that show both men and women in good lights. Oh. Because I have a lot that show great female characters, but I also need ones that show male characters who are supporting women, but also heroes. And that, you know what I'm looking for. You want, you want, you want heroes of You want the Fountain of Fair Fortune. I want what? The Fountain of Fair Fortune. It's a real deep cut Harry Potter reference. It's not that deep. Um, it's not that deep cut. It's anybody outside of it. It's right there in, in Tales of the Beetle the Bard, honey. I didn't (laughs) know what the fuck you were talking about, and I have, I have read the Harry Potters. Good modern stuff for four-year-olds that isn't just me reading him fairy you tales. Should, you should read uh, Princess Hyacinth, The Surprising Tale of a Girl Who Floated. Okay. Um, that one's delightful. You should read The Paper Bag Princess because it's like well, my favorite. already got it. Okay. <laughs> but, the author of The Paper Bag Princess. Robert Munch. Is, I have almost all of his books. He's got a lot. He did. Uh, Smelly Socks is one of my favorites and it's one of the boys' favorites. However, we've already... Somebody, somebody bought Smelly Socks for us. Was it you? Yeah. Oh, actually, he... I think it came from my mom. We had the but yeah, but yeah, we we have smelly socks, and Izzy loved that book for a long time. We haven't read it in a while, but I mean, because there was a while where my so my mom because Izzy's reading uh, reading to us more now. Oh. My mom loves Izzy. Um, Everybody loves, which Izzy. is good because my children had a fight the other night at the dinner table over who would get to marry Izzy. <laughs> um, because James is now in love with Izzy. Mm. Uh, James wants to be in love. Okay, my daughter is six. You boys gotta stop fighting, fighting for her hand. Here, it, it, it's not that they're so. James loves the idea of being in love, and he loves the idea of being married. Like these are the things that he thinks are great right now because he's really into princess movies, yeah. and that is the entire. And, and a lot princess. of the a lot of what happens at the end of a princess movie is his this. favorite female. Period. Other than me, and I don't count because I'm mom. He would take Izzy over his grandmother's. He would take Izzy over anybody. I mean, my, just... my child is a delight. Well, and she shows a great deal of attention to James when he's around. She she goes yeah. out of her way to include James and all of this stuff. So, Michael has been... Michael has just assumed that he and Izzy are best friends. Well, he's been, he's, he's been infatuated or yeah, whatever they, with Izzy for... And, and it's, it's gone both ways. Izzy oh, has yeah. told me before that she's going to marry Michael. Um, in fact, oh, yeah, they, at your wedding... Or no, it was Zan and Carlin's wedding. Um, Michael and Izzy both told me separately that they were getting married that day. Because they didn't really understand what was going on. Um, <laughs> but they were going to get married to each other. I'm like, oh. That works. Well, I mean, they were... They were f- there were four. We're a time tomorrow. Yeah. All of them know he missed one. <laughs> yeah, so they were four at the time. James is four now. So they were talking at the table, and James told me, he's like, well, I'm in love with Izzy. I'm going to marry Izzy. And Michael goes, no, you're not. I'm marrying Izzy. <laughs> and I went, I should probably stop this. <laughs> I need to tell my wife about this. Um, I need to tell my wife about this. I, 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 I should probably stop this. 
But did you? Yes. I was okay. like, nobody's marrying Izzy right now. You guys are both too young. Izzy is our close, close friend. She is as close as you guys have to a cousin. You will be with Izzy for a very long time. Don't worry. You'll get to play with Izzy. That's really what it's about, yeah. is who... Who has, who, who has the who has the dibs yeah. on playing with Izzy, right? right you know, right. like and it's she, sure she wants to play with both of you. But I can I can absolutely get you a list of books, princess fairy tale books. Yeah. Um. So this summer, the summer reading program for this upcoming summer in 2020, I'm so excited. It's in my wheelhouse. It's called Imagine Your Story, and it's all fairy tales. It's gonna be great. And uh, so my boss came to me. When do you when when does this stuff go on? Summer. No, I mean, like, like, is there, like, is it just a all summer or is all it like summer? Dates it's June and July. Or... Um, it's a reading program at the library. We'll have a calendar of programs. We'll, we're not putting it together yet. You don't know the date right now. But no, like, if it's, if it's weekends, uh, it'll start May thirty first because BG City Schools lets out May thirtieth. Um, so we start the next day. So it'll be all through. June but is it like July. is it like weekend stuff or is it's it like... all the time? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the whole summer. We did, but one of the years there was like a reading challenge. We did it yeah. with Michael. We didn't turn mm-hmm. anything in for it, but we're like, no, every year. At, the, at the library, the, the, how every many books year. can we read? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we did it. That's, how, that's how we do it. But my boss came to me um, about a month and a half ago, and she goes, hey, Cassie, just in anticipation of the summer's reading program, I would like you, if you could, to start putting together a list of fairy tale novel adaptations <laughs> and you were like, so well, that we can... So that we can start ordering to beef up our collection. And I went, oh, excuse me. Do you mean this list logging into my Google Docs? It is seven pages long that I started making a few months ago just for funsies. Did you you look at her go... Let me print this out for you. you look at her go... And hand it to you literally right now. Do you mean... What do you mean start? (laughs) What do you 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 mean start? This project that that I am almost finished with. See, I thought you were just going to take your phone over to your own bookshelf and be like, click, click. Well, I could do that too. What do you you mean? This is the difference between you and me, love of mine. Uh Because you would do that, and I would say, absolutely, you know what, boss? That sounds like it's going to take me a lot of time. I'll get on that. Yeah. (laughs) And then... A week and a half later, got that really? done for you. Well, or excuse me, I gotta go work on this thing. Well, Chase, I think I need to have a conversation with your boss. <laughs> I printed it out and then proceeded to go through Tell all seven pages with. of it and look them up in our catalog and see and make notes of we own this, we don't own this. Nerd, um, nerd this tab is, and highlight. This is the second book in a series. This is the third book in a series. And then I put stars next to we really should own this one. It's really good. And I put big X's with notes on this one's not worth having. I remember when and I handed that to her. When so I'm excited about this summer. I'm excited for it too, and I'm excited for the list. Well, and I, like I'm excited for that kind of stuff because Izzy's now reading to us. Gosh, isn't that the best? It is. It's great. Um, she's on the thing. I don't understand book ratings for kids that age because yeah, it's, it's like there's some people rate them. Different. Some people are like one through whatever, and some people are like alphabetical. She's on F according to yeah. F or G according to whatever her school's like system is. Which is good, which is good. So uh They're harder books. She's, I, I can definitely in, tell there are harder books. There are bigger in, words, I you went know. Into the parent teacher conference and Ours is Tuesday. texted me beforehand. She's like, "Get the get his reading level." I'm like, "Okay." So I go in and she's like, "He's at a 6." 
And I told him, and she goes, no, reading levels are done by letters, babe. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that lady told me a six. <laughs> and she goes, oh, he it should be hot. Then he should be higher, because a six would be like a D. Uh, and I think he's reading better than that. I don't think she knows what she's talking about. I'm like, yeah. you are, first of all, stop guilting me right now. Stop guilting your, was the that your mom? right now. Yeah. yeah. We had to like, well, and, and Chris is getting pissed. Joyce, I have this shut up, Joyce. I have this problem at work all the time, because don't. parents will come in and they'll say, hey, my kid's a level K. I need to find level K books. And I'm like, we don't do that here. Because we serve too many different school districts. And some do Lexile and some do AR and some do 18 other things. And you're speaking Greek right now. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, hey, here's our early reader sections. We give them colors here. Um, there's a very wide range of books in each color. It starts with red. It goes up to blue. Best way to find what book is good for your child is to pull it off the shelf. Show them a page. See what they can read. If they can read most of the words on the page... It's on their reading level. So we, and we have to go back and forth with Michael because it's, to get him to read a book to me, I have to get, do, I read a page, you read a page. And we can do some pretty decent science books. I read a page, you read a page. Um, most of the verses books, the giant whale versus yeah, yep. anaconda, whatever. He does Okay. And most of them, there's words he doesn't know, or the print's really little, and it's hard for him to read it in bed, that kind of thing. But he does pretty well at it. But he won't read a whole book by himself, because it's not as much fun as mommy reading to you. So I have to do, like, all Well, and we, we don't... Izzy doesn't read to us every night. So she gets yeah. her books home from her teacher on Fridays or something. Or, no, she, she drops them off. She has to take them back on Fridays, and she picks up a new set of books on Mondays They're or whatever. They're not doing book in a bag this year. In oh, yeah, we get, really we get like, four books on Monday, and we have to turn them back in on Friday. Um, and so, like, during the week, usually Izzy's reading one of those to us at bedtime. Yeah. Um, but then there's still, like... We have multiple Norse mythology books at the house, and Daddy reads the Thor stories, as Izzy calls them, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and we do comic books or random books or whatever, you know. Um, but no, it's great having a kid read to you, especially, like, growing up, a voracious reader. Hannah, the same way, voracious readers. I mean, I'm the kid that went to fucking the library in seventh grade and picked up the complete works of William Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Speaking of Shakespeare. And started and good. started reading it in seventh grade. Did you ever read Measure for Measure? Yeah, I, well, I literally read cover to cover the complete works of William Shakespeare, which I do not recommend. I said this last week when we recorded. I, that is not how to do it. That's just because just that's how I did it does not make it a good way to do it. I enjoy piecemeal in-depth looks. Like what Shakespeare podcast does. Hi, this is the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfill. I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Chase Greenlee. I hope, we're, we're I here hope to... that Chase had actually started recording by that. Oh, oh yeah, he's no. been recording. We've been recording. going for another ten minutes. Oh, goody. He's, yeah, we got the whole book right, chat. Let's... He's, he's been recording, he's and we have been getting drunker or less drunk, depending on who we are. I have been getting less drunk. I have to drive home. Uh, don't worry, Mom. I'm drinking Powerade now. But this is Shakespeare, and we're going to talk more about so, Measure for Measure, and we've got a lot of pins. So where, lot of pins. where do we want to start? This is a heavy one. Um, this is a heavy it's one. It's a heavy one. So it's a comedy, and there are funny things in it, and there are funny moments. So do we want to start with the funny? No, because then we only have the heavy stuff. Okay. We're going to save this pin. Pompey the Fool. We're saving let's, it. Let's end on Pompey the let's Fool. Save, let's save Pompey Bum. Okay, so we touched on this... A little bit last time, 
talking about the timeliness of this story. And I think that's kind of a good place to start. Like Starting with this, yeah. this story is so timely for our world right now. That is upsetting to me. It, well, what's it's upsetting to me? What's so upsetting is that it's four hundred years later. Yeah, it's four hundred years later, and we are still. It's four hundred years later, and in a lot of ways, this play is an improvement. On the system that we have in place right now? Well... Because this woman comes in... Because, yeah, men bear the consequences, which is one of the pins that Beth asked us to put in. Men bear the consequences, and when this woman comes forward and makes this accusation, she is ultimately believed, and the man is punished. That doesn't happen a lot. Nope. Um, Ultimately believed, but... Ultimately believed. Not... Immediately, not immediately, but yes. And gaslit a little bit by a guy who's supposed to have her back. Yes. Um, Gaslighting huge, big time in this. And terrible, terrible gaslighting in this. Duke Vincencio is the worst. Wait, so, as I was reading... Yeah, Vincenzo Longdick over here is a motherfucker. So, I read, before I sat down to read the play, and this is what I do with every play, I read through a synopsis first, because then I have a better idea of what I'm going to What you're getting into. And because the language is... Different. Mm-hmm. I like to know where I'm going. It gets me better prepared to yeah, make uh, uh, jumps if I don't. Well, and we, we, we often we often go against our own advice here because we read these plays by ourselves before we do this. Yeah, and you know, generally our advice is don't read these plays, see these plays, or listen to these plays and things like that. And sometimes we do that, but a lot of times we have to it's get into the we have to visible. get into the text. On our own. But as I'm reading through the synopsis, um, which I use a wonderful Shakespeare app that I I like a lot. Which which one? uh, It's literally, I think, just called Shakespeare. Yeah, it's just called Shakespeare. It has a picture of William Shakespeare on it. All right, I'll check it out. It has has all of the scene breakdowns, character people. It's got a lot of stuff in here. The Shakespeare app. I'll check it out. Um, So I'm reading through it, and he does not, in the synopsis, come across as a bad guy until the last scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, which even in their synopsis, they're like, and she says nothing else. But when I'm reading the words that Shakespeare wrote for him to say, mm-hmm. he is very plainly, uh, he's bad at his job. He's... Understatement. He cares more about personal slights against himself than about the welfare of his people. Appearance. Appearance is yeah, huge. It's all, and, and Certainly that, not, you know what? not mappable today at all. The, <laughs> the appearance being everything, I think that is a good sticking point for him. So it, even to the fact that he, like, when he goes into hiding, he goes as a friar so he can still get around and do everything and nobody's going to think anything bad about him because he's a friar. Yep. So well, He's a man of God. And Ryan and I touched on this briefly last episode. You were out of the room at the time, so I don't know how much of it you heard. I had to tinkle. But we were, I had a lot of coffee on my way down. We were talking about how he's playing a game. This is a game to him. Yep. But it's not a game to anyone else. It's literally their lives. And it's literally their is, futures. Yep. It's literally their standing in society. It's literally... But his standing's fine. No matter what yeah. he does in this situation, he's already clear well, it's going to be this way. He's the duke. He's, he's got all the power. Yep, and he he has all the power so he can play this game. 
he can do this thing and he can play with people's lives but and that's he what he's never, doing. And he never ever is called to task for it. And the one person who tries to call him to task for it is then, you know, punished in an incredibly harsh and public way because he dared to contradict the Duke. Yep. And and, and that's and, and and I mean Obviously, Lucio has his faults. No, Lucio's an idiot, but when he's okay. right about the fact that he is right about his job. He is right about one thing. Everybody is fine if you look at a certain way of looking at someone. Like, if you put on different glasses, you can look at people and they look just fine. Lucio is a dick and a douche, but he doesn't necessarily deserve it from the Duke. The punishment no. doesn't, def- doesn't befit the crime. And does the... Like, the woman he's forced to marry, does she even want to marry him? Oh, with Lucio? Yeah. No, what yeah. does that matter? Well, what, yeah, exactly. Why does that Duke, matter? Duke clearly doesn't care who wants to be married. Well, no, no because he doesn't care about that at the end. He, even when he's like, all right, Marianne, I know he, I told you that this was going to make you legally bound to him, and it wasn't a crime. I'm still going to cut his head off now. And he literally uses marriage as a punishment for Angelo. Mm-hmm. Like... That is such a disservice to Mariana. Like, he literally says, but, your punishment is that you have to go be married to her. But the, but the problem is, is because to Angelo, to Angelo, that is the punishment, well, right? Because yeah, so to him, because her dowry was lost at sea and everything like that, he is being punished by being forced yeah, to marry no, this woman. It's a dick move on the Duke's part, but it's also a dick move on Angelo's part because it works. Yeah, exactly. They're, like, they're both wrong. This, and Mariana's then, then how's that make should not be a punishment for someone? And how's else. that? Yeah, how's that make Mariana feel? Right? Yeah. Well, and that the only way that she can get this marriage to happen is she talks about what her goal. She'd like to be married. She yeah, wants to get a husband. Out she has to trick this. Like, she has to I'm, trick fuck this guy. If I am giving <laughs> literally, if I am giving the benefit of the doubt to the Duke, which I absolutely hate to do because I can't stand him. But if you were going to try and redeem the Duke in any way as you directed this, you could play the marriage aspect as I'm trying to look out for Mariana and her future by if she's married to Angelo and then I kill Angelo, she's his widow, she's entitled to his property. She gets everything. Which which she says. Which he says. So that would be... On the what, it depends end on, of the scale, so it depends on his, how you direct it, right? Yeah. In that, in that, in that way, if you direct that a certain way, you can you can soften. You can soften it. It's still a dick move. Oh, you still because, definitely, yeah. Because because on the on the worst end of that scale is him going, yeah, go get married. Oh, come back. Oh no, I'm gonna kill him now. Still gonna kill him. Still cutting his head off. Well, and there's a moment where he could have had an epiphany. The moment with Lucio. For a brief act, seems like the Duke is going to have an epiphany and see how bad of a Duke he has been and how he's ruining people's lives. But instead... but in, And so well, he seems to have the epiphany, but then when we get the reveal at the end, when we're having our parlor room moment where everybody's, you killed the guy and you killed the guy. Uh, Colonel having, Mustard with the fucking yeah, wrench, yeah. When we're having our big reveal, instead of growing, he just... Tries to wield his power to solve every situation without listening to anyone. Yeah, because it doesn't... The actual real-life future implications of what he's doing don't matter to him. He cares about just cleaning this up in this moment, and that's why the city's fallen into disrepair for 19 fucking years. 
Because he won't do his job, and he's still not doing his job in this scene. He's play-acting at doing his job, but the cavalier way that he treats, oh, we'll deal with Angela, we'll deal with Claudia, we'll deal with Isabella. I've fixed all these problems, I've put them in a neat box so that I can focus on what's actually important to me, which is this guy who talks shit about me. This guy talks shit. Even, like, it is so important that he prove that Lucio talks shit about him. That he pulled this weird, and I'm sure every director who's tried to direct this has been like, why do I have to have a cut and break in the action so this guy can go put on a wax mustache and come back out to do another reveal? A reveal within a reveal! And that, to me, is like the height of the Duke's callousness and self- Involvement. Egocentrism. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not enough for him to just say, ah, yes, I'm the Duke. He's got to make it into a production. In this last scene, it's not enough for Isabella to come and say, I cry out against Angelo and the Duke to say, yes, I've been in disguise as a friar and I can verify everything she's saying. No. He leads her on this merry chase of, oh, I don't believe you. Angelo is such a thing. Oh, there's a friar. Oh, I'm going to step away for a while. Oh, here's the friar. Oh, look, it was me the whole time. Ha ha ha. I'm so clever. What pin are we working on? Because are we doing talk, all like, of we're these? Just yeah. and, and a lot of these pins are connected. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, obviously, how do you direct the end? We move this over here, but but we, I wrote down we know we these know people these people because talking about the timelessness of this play, one of the things that's most disheartening to me is I want to read a play from four hundred years ago and laugh at it and go, <laughs> how wacky that they had to deal with these things. We've evolved past that so much. Well, but we but, have, but we, we haven't, yeah. We know Vincenzios. We know Lucio's. We, and we know Mariana's. And we know Isabella's. And we can point to them in our political arena right now. And it's so... We can point to, we can point to them in people that we literally know in, in our yeah, personal in realities. Because you guys were talking about Lucio. And, oh, you know who that guy is. And you immediately named, like... This subset of people that exists. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't. So I've talked before about the word yach uh, with other people in my life, and they're like, what's a yach? I'm like, why? Was that just a thing we made up? We did. We made that was that was like, but I've I've heard other I've heard other people I didn't know at that time. It's been 20 years. Say that word. But it's not the same as like 20 years ago when we were in college and like we called people that. It was this like. These weird bros. It was, yeah, like you, a bro now, or like a like, like the, the kind of guy that would yell from a car. Oh, that's a scrub. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because that kind of guy's not going to get no, no love, love for me. me. Yes. Hang out the passenger <laughs> side of his best no, friend. Like, it's the guy who's got three polo shirts on, so he can pop all three collars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's the it's the guy who it's all about the appearance. Yeah, it's it's, it's the it's the, the look. It's the whatever's whatever's right. Whatever's Jersey Shore kind of vibe. Do you know the books? Like a bad case of the stripes. Yes. Okay. Whatever's like whatever's cool right it's now. Denying yeah. what you actually want and what you actually feel because Lucio isn't doing what Lucio actually feels. Right. And Lucio is like he's like bragging about his conquests, like oh look how bad I've been, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And well, yeah, I got this. Yeah. I got a hooker pregnant. Yeah, like bragging about. And then I lied about it when like, I went to court. Fuck? But we know these people, and I think honestly, one of the ways to make this play as 
powerful and unsettling as possible is to modernize it. Yeah. Like, put it in modern day. People in modern clothes. Angelo's well, a judge. You know, you, know what today, like, to, you know what today we would we would call yachts would be chads. Yeah. Yeah. He's sorry. Sorry. My actual brother named Chad. Well, and, you know, and I, I've, I've talked to him. You he's have. Nice. Yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, but there, well, there. He's your brother. So yeah. Too many Chad. Too many bad Chads spoil the pot, right? <laughs> too many hanging Chads, and you get George W. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. God, that is an untimely joke. It is, and none of these, none of these kids I are going to get it. I lived that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, John but Oliver you're, did a really good piece guess, about guess what? You're about. not the kids. That's true. You're not the song. kids anymore, Cassie Greenlee. <laughs> you're not the kids. One of my students pulled the like the old joke on me yesterday at drama club. I was talking about like this. We were watching She Loves Me, and I was like, this premiered on Broadway in 1963. And she's like, oh, so do you get to watch it then? And I'm like. That's a weird did thing you, to have happened to me right did now. You, did you look weird. at this? Did you look at that kid and go, "Bitch, please"? Which child? That's Clifford. I thought so. <laughs> did you go? Yeah. Did you look at that child and go, Thanks. "Bitch, please"? Next time, can you okay boomer him back? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay, Zoomer. Or okay, Snowflake. Lock on. No, no, see, no, the I'm problem I have with Snowflake is that it comes from fucking Chuck Palahniuk's book Fight Club, and everybody that fucking quotes it fucking misquotes and misunderstands what the fuck a fucking snowflake it's, is. I don't read ultraviolet books, so I have not read any Chuck. Okay, well, you've seen the movie Fight Club. I have, I have. And that's where it comes from. Um, that's where that's where Snowflake comes from, and it's completely fucking misrepresented by right. calling people yeah. Snowflake. But anyway, yeah, anyway, it's a weird moment. But anyway, you should call so them I, Zoomers then. Zoomer, okay, Zoomer, <laughs> okay, Zoomer. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but back to the timeliness of this. So the Duke is somebody who we could see being a political leader in our time, and downplaying Angelo. I mean, fucking Angelo really okay. exists. In so our, the Me Too. I like beer. The Me Too pin that we're seeing right here. The the Brett Kavanaugh uh, references that we're making, things like that. And we know these people and, and, and me too. And we yeah. know women who have been in those situations where somebody is asking for quid pro quo on sexual favors for something else. Well, well we, know, we know women that have, that have been afraid to come forward because of, you know, everyone we know... We either know yeah. directly or know someone. One in four but, yeah. women is still sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. And I think... Everybody knows yeah. one. Yeah. At least. And At I, least. I think that... And that's that's what's got to stop, right? And that's yeah. you know, why this is so timely. Then why I this... think, yeah, you direct this, you modernize it, you put everybody in modern clothes, it's a modern setting... You get to play around with, like, the definition of, well, what were you wearing? If you put Isabella in, like, a postulance, like... You put her in a full plain, fucking habit. You wouldn't you know, put like, her in a habit because she's not a nun yet. But, but you know, but you're close, right? Like that. But and then to have that scene with Angelo, well. yeah. you know, this woman who's, like, fully covered up. And that's what drives me crazy. Well, about, she's covered from fucking covered, neck yeah. to toe. And that's what drives me crazy about Claudio, about Lucio, about the Duke, about Angelo, Isabella is going to become a nun. Like, that's what she wants out of her and life. And her body is still for bargain to these men. 
And the Duke, at the end, without even consulting her, is like, well, you'll marry me, of course. No, she's going to become a nun. She's marrying Jesus. Not only... (laughs) She has made that choice. She's a day away. When we first meet her, she is asking for stricter structure around her, about the ability to talk to men, about her interactions so that she can be closer to God so she can be and she's only doing this because she cares about her brother like she the only reason she's, she's only involved she's doing this because she's been coerced into doing it because people told her she should because at first she was like ah oh, mm. Like, well, you shouldn't have broken the fucking law, then, fair, and she wasn't going to leave the abbey. It makes me wonder what the the family history between. Well, no, it does. It does too, because what is their her relationship? Reaction is like, well, yeah, he shouldn't have broken the law, and then maybe he wouldn't be getting executed right now. But is she Lisa Simpson, who is you know like completely, you know, morally north by the book kind of person, or is she just like, I hate my brother, go ahead and kill him? Well, clearly not, because she... She eventually does try to... And that that leads to her huge moral quandary, which is... I don't don't even think she has a moral quandary. Well, not not her moral quandary. It leads to Claudio's moral slip. His his quandary, his break, where he's like, no, I don't want you to do that. It's like he does not want his sister to sleep with Angelo to free him. And then also he realizes by not wanting his sister to sleep with Angelo to free him that he is going to die. So often the first gut reaction is... Who you are. Is who you are and it's your gut reaction, right? So if somebody came in and was, you know, um, well, I found a way that I could save you, uh, but it means giving up everything I am and everything I want to be, the first thing would be, no, 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 no. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But then you start to think logically. What lot? Yes, logically, you is. So she has been asked by every every man she interacts with, at least asked her to consider it. Yeah, consider it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to consider it. And she's upfront. She doesn't have to tell her brother anything. Well, that's the thing with Claudio there, right? She doesn't have to, but she does it, which is good because then. But I do. I appreciate that his first impulse is to say, "No, absolutely not. Don't do that." Well, and that, and and like because that's what solidifies yeah. him as a good guy for me. He's a good guy who's in a tough situation. Like what Beth Does just it make said, the best right? decisions. Yeah. Beth, Beth just said, and and I wholeheartedly agree uh, that your first your gut reaction is who you are. Yeah. And his gut reaction is no, don't do that. And only when. Faced with certain death, is he starting to think, hey, save me with your vagina. But so often, the point that's made to her is like, well, you know, it How really bad wouldn't it be, be. It wouldn't be that. And, and her, I think her, because she said, she's like, look, if I could give my life up for you, I would. But I won't give my soul. But I won't give my soul. And that's what it's about it, for her. It's like, it's not even about the act itself. It's not about the act being against the law. It's about in her eyes and according to her faith and her beliefs, that the is, act being yeah. an, one of the ultimate sins that can be committed. And she's not willing to give up her soul and her moral rightness for anybody else's cause and no and and i I totally i totally think that she is in the right for that 
but yeah, it's, not, it's, it's it's the reaction. So it's the, her body. Yeah, the Me Too movement for me, the pin for this is about everybody else's reaction to her, telling she, her what to do with her body. She is standing up. She's telling her truth. She's saying what happened. Oh yeah, some, well some yes, people choose yeah. to gaslight her and have a terrible like. No, no, it didn't happen. Oh, I'm kidding. I knew it was right. You were telling the truth all along. Some people choose to, you know, don't. Absolutely. Don't give up. You know what? Maybe uh, just to save me. Can you can you just do what the man asked? Um, or ma- making her make a decision of, if you don't want to be in the position, help me put this other person in that position. So for me, it's like you've come forward, you've stood there, you've told your truth. And the problem isn't having the... F- the ability to stand up and tell your truth it's how everybody else reacts to you mm-hmm. that makes you not even want to have told it well yeah. and that's why so many so that's women why don't because when we talk about the timeliness of this piece and how the me too yeah. movement works that as a director that is what i would focus on is how everybody else reacts because yeah because you. isabella could have not said anything to claudio had angelo make this uh this ultimatum to her she goes to her brother. She's like, nothing for it. I'm sorry. I tried. There's nothing I can do. She, she did. She didn't have to say anything else. She no, didn't have to she, tell him what the deal was. She did try. And she could have just gone back to the convent, become a nun, and not had to deal with the rest of it. Well, and she did try. Yeah. She tried. And I wonder if that's part of her reticence to leave the convent in the first place. If I go out there into the world of men, it will be hard for me to come home. Yeah. Isabella. And she doesn't. Isabella Get. starts the play already being done yep. with the society of men. Mm-hmm. And she goes back into it to try and do something good. And things just go from bad to worse for her because of that decision. And to the end, she's ordered by the most powerful man in that we her vicinity. You will marry me. You don't have a choice. I'm not well, asking you. And that's why, so that's why when we're talking let's talk about, about this one. Yeah, how would you direct... The end of this. Because we made, you made a comment about I'm going to have her step. I don't think that the the man I know you to be as a director, you would not actually have her just stab the guy and have him keep talking. Well, no, but me, Ryan, as a not director, as just as a human being. You want to see that? You, well, yeah. Well, I want to see her trip him. He falls down the stairs and falls into an entire thing of poop and then everybody in the city laughs and knows what an asshole he is and nobody will listen to him again. And, well, yeah, but uh, replace what's poop. his name? Gets and then to... Aeschylus gets to be in charge as yeah. he should have been for But replace years. poop with knives. How about poop knives? Oh, even better. You know those poops poop, you, poop. you know those poops you have that are so hard when they come out you don't think it's ever going to come out? But poop knives, poop knives would then stab him and also make sure that it would be like infected. Sticks. Mm, yeah, because there's no better way to get sepsis than poop knives. Yeah. So, yeah, poop knives. Even better, Beth. Thank you. Ryan's new superhero name. Poop knives. Poop knives. But, yeah, so um, but no, no, like me, me personally as a human being, but that's because I... Um, I've never admitted to being anything less than a barbarian, and in my opinion, she should fucking stab him. Nice. And I, I honestly would have a really hard time deciding which of my two endings to do, because on the one hand, I want Isabella to come out on top of this story. I want her to be able to have her agency through to the end. I want her to be victorious. I want her to go back... And leave this horrible world and these horrible people behind and and 
be triumphant and be the victor at the end of this story. I, I think ultimately. But on the other hand, it's a more powerful statement and it's more to think about for an audience if you don't do that. If you take away her agency in the end and you entrap her to this duke who is a horrible person and never has to pay any consequences for it. What, I would, what do- I would probably do as a director. Honestly, what I would probably do, aside from the stabbing thing, you know, as much as I would want the stabbing thing and the poop knives. Um, Where are you going to get that many poop, prop poop knives? I know Michael Porteous. <laughs> also, why do you think we don't already own them? I mean... I Beth has a six-year-old and a four-year-old. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure that the four-year-old is cooking up some poop knives right now. <laughs> He's making shivs of shit as we speak. Shivs. Michael used to chew on a shiv spoon, so I don't think it's that. No, what I would actually have her do, the how I would personally, how I would direct that final moment. That's what we're talking about, right? The, yeah, the final, the final moment. at the end. Is I would just he says that, and she sorry walks the fuck out. Yeah. So here she doesn't she doesn't say anything. She doesn't do anything because remember she's silent, right? She it's it's said. She doesn't say anything else for the rest of the play. And so he says, and obviously, you're going to marry me. And he, and she literally looks at him and goes, doesn't, doesn't laugh. Doesn't, I mean, as much as we would want her to throw the fucking yeah. deuces. She just turns. She like, she looks at him. Like, sardonic smile, right? Kind of half glances at the audience as she... Turns and she just exits just off. and she just fucking leaves so, because that's horseshit. She yeah. shouldn't be beholden to this fucking idiot who who didn't do anything and who there's no. She's barely talked to him, and when she has talked, well, and it's not like it's not like he fucking wooed. It's, there's no wooing. He didn't pitch no. woo. He didn't try to to. Encourage this woman to be attracted to him in it's just any an way. It's an afterthought for him. It's his reward. Well, he's a nice. He's a nice guy, so he should get good boy reward. Yeah, it's his goodie boy. It's, it's his goodie boy reward. Everybody's yeah. happy now. I get a wife. Friday points for so, me. Yeah, because he's a fucking cunt. So I've been trying to think of. Since we brought this up, the, the I've been trying to think in my head of different ways that you could non-verbally or with emphasis. Change the emphasis of how the Duke asks her to marry him to non-verbally show her walking away. Um, but e- even to make it more pleading and have her further and further and further until in this crowd we've got Sister. So, Francesca. so you're talking? Are you talking like he's pleading when he's saying yeah, that she's going to marry like, him? And you'll marry me? And she's like, and he says then later, and if you join my hand. Then your brother will be my brother too. And he's but she's like, brother. She's, she's like, she's already over here with with the other nun, and the other nun just kind of like takes her in her arms, and they they can exit the scene while I he think, finishes. Yeah, so there's another... ways that you can uh, use tempo so, so, to humiliate the so you, so you're way. you're looking at but more of a, a, a method a to... of the duke. But see, I think that's still too nice to the duke because that's like the duke trying to be like. Like no, I'm not saying that you're redeeming him. What I'm saying is that you there has there is a way that I think you can restructure the way he says the lines and the tempo that he says the lines, and the emotion he puts in the lines, 
to make it him pleading and him losing and a humiliation. It'd be really hard to do. I really that, think that, like man. I, think, I still I think the crumple. It's, 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 it's really, it's really, it's really hard though because, like you said, you know, like you gotta put you you put so much into it, and then the audience doesn't take it that way. Especially if you're focusing on because then he look he looks. I think he looks can, pathetic, but it's in a but it's in a. Oh, and they feel bad for him instead. And that's what you you want to avoid. Here's how I think you can avoid it. Keep her on stage. Have him finish his big last speech. Play it in terms of lines is done. Just the action at the end left. He ushers everybody else away. Let's go have a party. Everybody leaves. It's just him and Isabella on stage. And she's standing her ground and not moving at all. And he holds out his hand to her like... Yes, we're getting married. I've pronounced it. You come with me. And all she does is just stand there and stare him down. No words. She just stares him down until he lowers his hand. Until he leaves. And I like that. I do. I like that. I like that. I like retreating. I like that that quite a bit. That keeps her agency because that's what I don't. I don't want her to lose her agency. Well, and that's the thing is because in that in the last minute, I don't want to give away the power that she's built, and I don't want to downplay. The absolutely yeah. real struggle of well, harassment. That she's well, and and the, the way the ending is written, and obviously uh, Shakespeare is trying to write a comedy here, and he's thinking, you know, because the comedy, everybody's married at the end, right? Yeah. And he's so he's trying to do that, but she loses her agency in the eleventh hour because she has yeah. no choice. Yeah, and because talking, she has no response. Yeah, she has no yeah. rebuttal to the Duke. So the author silences her by not giving her any further lines and like stripping yeah. her power away yeah and and, and you, you mentioned midsummer night's dream earlier and hippolyta in a in a parallel right yeah it was just the only one i could think of at the time and, and i was and to, to me i was three goody boys in to me well yes you're right she does not have any more lines the difference being she's already affianced to ephesus or Ephesus, or Theseus, or whatever. Theseus. 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 Whatever motherfucker. Whatever duke it is. That duke. A less problematic duke, but still problematic. problematic he was duke. still going to kill someone. Still problematic. Still problematic. I, less problematic. Problematic. A lot less agency for women in that play, too. And that's the thing. Like, True. talking into our permapin of agency for women. And I'll let you finish your point, And then I'll come um, back to this, but... The difference there being Hippolyta doesn't have any lines after the Duke says something about getting married because Hippolyta doesn't have any lines in that play anyway. Like, she has, like, four. <laughs> and it's not it's not because of the Duke. It's because that's how she was written. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for more non, well, well, non-consenting I think, marriages. I think there's got to be more. Oh, I think you're right. I do. I 100% think you're right. But I, that one, not... Not because it's not... I mean... Yeah. It's just not the right example. Taming, but I'm sure... Yeah. Taming is the obvious one, but then you have that weird... And we'll talk about this when we get to taming. Um, point about the fact that Kat is not silenced at the end. She, in fact, has the longest speech in the entire play. After she gets... Fie, fie, unknit thy brow. And she chooses. Yeah, and we'll talk about that then. And but, we will. Uh, we will. But yeah, it's going back no, to, yeah, our, do, yeah, do, yeah. to our permapin about agency of women... 
for all that this play is so timely and is largely about the demoralization of women and the trivialization of women and all of that, the women that we see in this play have a lot of agency. So Isabella is calling her own shots basically the whole time. Yeah. She's saying what she will do, and she's more specifically saying what she will not do. What she and won't And she says do. it emphatically multiple times. Overdone? Overdone is running the life that she wants. Yeah. She is upset that her livelihood is coming. Well, her li- her livelihood is getting fucked by the whole... But yeah. she's just going to become an actual bartender now instead of a in- madam bartender. Instead of a madam. And Mariana wants bad things. Well, yeah, she wants a, she wants a thing that's terrible. <laughs> but she does get she's to call the shots for... And they ask her. They Yes, they don't tell they don't, her hey, Well, And it's, it's not like Amelia. Yeah. Where, or not Amelia. Um... Uh, in Othello, who is the maid that gets courted and pretends to be... Oh, not Othello. Much Ado? No, 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 no. I know who you're Othello. talking about. Um, the bad guy... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bianca. 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 So it's Took me like a minute. Bianca, who doesn't know that right. she's playing a trick. Yeah. Mariana knows. No. She's fully She makes aware. a choice. Yeah. She's right. aware. She's like, yes, I will do this. And it wasn't. There wasn't any coercion in it. Nope. It was, it just, was hey, just like, hey, this is the deal. Hey, this is the shit we want to do. If Are you're you not, and we don't see that conversation, which I think is also an interesting choice. Um, Isabella, and it's Isabella alone. Isabella goes off to talk to Mariana, woman to woman. Nobody else is in the room, and then comes back and says, "She said yes. We're going to do this." Yeah, she she talks to Mariana. Yeah, she talks to. It's not the and man saying, "Hey, you have to." So because the men this. the men in this are terrible, but the women get to make. But the their women get to choices. call their shots, yes. and they get to make decisions for their lives until the very end. Well, and wait, like I said, we talk about. Well, and everybody the, else's decision is like the other women have kind of made their decisions. The, the Except pro- for Isabella. Yeah, the progressiveness of Shakespeare, where there's, I mean, there's a lot of blind spots there, and there's a lot of, you know... It's still the 1600s. There's a lot of 400 yeah. years ago, right? But then there are sometimes when... The men are the ones that are held accountable? The men are yeah. bearing the consequences. They're held accountable. The women have agency. So, I... Was so taken by the fact that Claudio was going to die because he impregnated a woman. That I can't think of another story in which that is the case. Yeah. Where the men... So, <laughs> that is always something that I personally have had to work through. As I go through the Western canon is that the power of men comes with sex. Men can have sex with women, any woman they want, and women are the only ones who are going to suffer the consequences. The world would be a lot different if men had to carry the babies. The, yes. There would be birth control centers as often as Starbucks. Oh, yeah. You, you couldn't would, fucking... You, you know how it... Fluoride... You couldn't piss outside without hitting a fucking... Fluoride is in our water. Birth control would be in the water. No, I 100% agree. And uh, I think that's fucking terrible and wrong. Also, the fact that the little blue pill is covered under insurance, and you... Never mind. Dick pills pills should not be covered by insurance, because that's a fucking act of nature. If God wanted you to have boners, he'd let you have fucking boners. Uh, 
That's covered. That's covered by insurance, but I have to pay hundreds of dollars a year for pads and tampons. Well, and like, pay tax on top of it. Like, like I said, I completely disagree with that, and I think that that's fucking horseshit. And yeah, yeah, but okay. no, the fact that I am one hundred percent with you. Thanks, thanks. Could you start bleeding too? You know not, what? If not, that was how, if that was how, carpet, please. not on your, it wouldn't get on. It's just on the chair. If that was how my biology worked, sure, sister. Oh, thanks, boo. Um, but that's yeah, not how my is, biology but, works. So it's, it's very notable that. Right. So I'm trying, like Nathaniel Hawthorne, 1800s, wrote Scarlet Letter. Here again, we've got a good man who impregnates a woman. He disappears. And she is left to deal with everything. And even when he comes back, nothing Nothing, nothing, nothing untoward happens to him. Nothing happens to and him. And yet she is still bearing the goddamn Scarlet A on her shirt and for I'm, adultery. And I'm struggling right now to think of another impregnated woman alone situation from ye old days. I mean... Well, there's this little ditty called the Holy Bible. Just, just fine. Works out for her. <laughs> she has many other children afterwards, despite what strange people say. Uh, Joseph does marry her, but she, she's fine. Jesus has has multiple brothers and sisters. Yeah, no, that worked out okay. <laughs> no, I can't remember any of their names. I just, I James. Just, James is one of them. Yeah, James is one of them. Well, no, uh, I, no I, I just was. I was just making was... up a batter named Jesus. I, I know. I, that was that was my that was my that, moment. That, of, that one works out just. That okay was my moment of that. levity well, because it was an unwed woman who is impregnated, and it works out all right. There's oh, the uh, Salem witch trials where a lot of the women who were accused were women about... who had had children out of wedlock, yeah. and there was well, at least any, one. There was at least was... one who was saved from execution because she was pregnant. I forgot about every Thomas Hardy novel. Oh God! How could I forget about Tess of the Durberfills and the terrible things that happen? To Tess, because Angel decides he's just going to walk away while she's I pregnant. actually, Tess of, Tess of the Duberville's is one of those uh, you books that I've read. And, oh, thanks. My, did you call it a you book? Like a yeah. me book? Oh, yeah, thanks. you books. Um, um, yeah. I used to keep my money in the Jude the Obscure, because it's an obscure place to hide it. So he looked in Tess of the Durbervilles because he just knew it was one of the Thomas Hardy books. Um, no, Tess, Tess of the Durbervilles, I've, I've, I've read, no, I've read Jude the Obscure, too. But everybody pays in that one. Everybody pays in Jude the Obscure. Don't read that book. Don't, yeah. don't oh, ever read yeah, that book. Don't put, Have you read that book? Dude, the obscure. No. Don't, don't, your, don't, okay. don't put yourself. Don't put yourself there. Test of the Duberville's actually though not not, it's a great book. not terrible. Yeah, um, I read that one in high school. Yeah, Thomas but not enough. Largely, but yeah. So so it. I can't think of a novel. I can't think of a storyline in which the male bears the consequence and the 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 hierarchy, the hegemony, turns to the woman and says, "We'll put her someplace nice." Give her, give her, uh, put her up, put keep her, her up somewhere nice. Keep her comfortable. Now, be good to her. We're gonna dark her, interpretation. But... It's just keep her comfortable until she has the baby, and then we kill her. That's a, that yep. was Salem witch trials. Yep. It was well. Anytime until... you pled your, ba- pled your yeah. belly, because the you baby ever... is innocent. Yeah. So, uh, Maul Flanders, mm-hmm. which is a Daniel. Oh, uh, Maul Flanders. Also, I mean, the, the film adaptation of that's pretty good. Both of them. Especially the one with Alison Kingston. Yeah. That's my favorite. Um, the one with Robin White Penn is super weird. Yeah, well, but yeah. Either yeah. way, that's something completely That's neither here nor there, but... but 
pleading your belly so that you could put off transportation or whatever. But we don't hear what's happening to the women. And even the prostitute who got pregnant, uh, as far as we know, she was fine. No, but we hear hear about the men suffering consequences for their actions. It's death. It's yeah. instant and soon to be death. It's not even like you're not even yeah. waiting until the baby's and born. And that's, that's noteworthy. And it is incredibly yeah. noteworthy Absolutely. because it doesn't happen. Absolutely. And their interaction. So it still doesn't happen. The Duke doesn't have anything happen to him. But the things that happen to oh, we should. Angelo. Yeah. So Angelo is our villain. Clearly, he's doing things we don't like. But for him to be. Treated in such a manner. Nobody should deserve that. Well, what they did to Angelo was also wrong. So that is repaying sexual assault with sexual assault. So yeah, that is yeah. also wrong. Um, but we've covered that. We've covered that. What do we got left? Yeah. Um. So I think we've got, we can talk about language. Let's There's do. Let's not and, a lot. Yeah. With uh, the language, the Duke goes back and forth between prose and verse depending on who he's talking to. You always said when he's with. Pompey, and then yeah. he talks in but prose. It's, and it's when pretty he's... straightforward stuff. But let's let's tie in the language conversation to uh, your favorite, Pompey the Fool, and the wonderful things that he says. Pompey the Fool. Pompey the Fool, who, in my opinion, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the fools, but Pompey, Pompey Bum. Pompey Bum. So I... High on my list of fools. Like I said, I would never read Measure for Measure. It was This was a new, fresh look. Never read Measure for Measure, so I was not aware of him. And in mine, he's just called Clown. Um, but Pompey the Bomb. Which you're missing out, because Pompey Bomb is a... Well, they end up... Like, I wrote... The dope Pom- name. Pompey. I did get on here, because they called him Pompey a couple of times. Um, so, he referred to having sex as groping for trout. That's right, groping a- for trout. Groping for trout in a peculiar stream. That's right. Peculiar river. Yeah, so, groping for trout. My two I'm favorite. I'm picturing a bear kind of going at it. What did he do? He was groping for trout in a peculiar stream. What? <laughs> I don't know why Chase immediately went to Pat Mahood though. <laughs> Space bears. Space bears. Um, the Not fact sure why that he... you thought I went to Pat Mahood. You said a bear. So he gets out of being pulled in front of a very strict. Judge, by boring him to death with a conversation about pregnancy constipation. Yes, 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 yes. And at the end, they're like, oh, what are we going to do with this guy? He's, uh, let's make him a, a hangman. And the way they broach it is, how are you with removing heads? And he's like, uh, well, is the man married or unmarried? For if he is married, he's in his wife's head, and I am not good at removing wives. Yes. That's what he, I memorized I, it because it was so funny. It is so good. Like, that is his, that's his instant rebuttal. Is, I don't know. Is he married? Because if he's married, he's in his wife's head, and I'm no good at removing wives. Um, he, Pompey Bum is amazing. And he's got the hips and sciatica. And the, yep, the, No, yes. that was somebody else was the, wh- whose hips have the most sciatica. That was somebody else came in and said that. Like, he burst. The way I read it was this guy, like, burst into the brothel bar and was like, yeah, whose hips here have the most sciatica, huh? It's mine. Give me a beer. That's the way I read that one. Um, it's like cheers. Like, he's walking in. Norm. Yeah. Oh, my God, my hip. Give and me a beer. Sciatica guy. Um, But they, 
He's got, so he's trying to get the prisoner to get up who's drunk. He's trying to yeah, Bar- Bernardino or And they're or like, get him up, get him up, get him up. And Bernardino or no, no, I'm sleeping. He goes, no, be awake now. Sleep after death. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. come on. Like, he's just, come on. He is. You can sleep hel- when you're dead. He get up. hilarious. I definitely skimmed over part, like I had to go back because my eyes are just skimming over it. When we're when it's Lucio and the Duke talk, and I'm like, eh, that's boring. There's not even good retorts. But then you then you see you see and Pompey Bob, little, and you're like, little clown, and I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, because you get excited about him because he is, he has some of the funniest lines, and like the, he is why this is a comedy. So right, he's. Can I borrow this real quick? Yeah, yeah. So he's going through the prison, right, and he's. Real quick. So he's going through the prison. Great audio. Mm-hmm. Sorry about it. No. Moving the, the big uh, Norton anthology across the table there. It's good <laughs> that you hear it. He's going through the prison and he's looking in the cells and he's like, oh. I know that guy. I know that guy. This is what he did. I know that guy. This is what he did. That guy over there, he made a whole bunch of peach suits. Lost a bunch of money on him and now lives his life in peach. I'm like, what the hell is, what kind of. Got arrested, man. You can't wear that much peach after Uh, Labor Day. Some of your jokes don't land so well in 400 years, Mr. Shakespeare. (laughs) Made some armor out of the the cores. It was was pitted armor. Oh, snap. Oh, you're not supposed to wear peach after Labor Day. I hate you so much. I know it's white. I'm very tired. (laughs) (laughs) I am very aware. I am sorry that we're keeping you up. It's okay. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this play, and that's part of the problem. Well, that and we did that diatribe in the middle there. Well, yeah, we spent at least a good 30 minutes on that. Oh, well, I can't find it right off. Patreon exclusive content for those of you. Like, it's this great. You want to hear us talk about American politics? Uh, Man, do we gotta. do, Do we have something. That is right that's, up your alley, and we're sorry. Um, that's on our podcast, America's Beer. Scene three. Scene three. <laughs> that's Patreon exclusive. Oh, it's okay. Beertopia. Sorry, it's because yeah, I keep, Beertopia. I keep. Sorry. Yeah, Beertopia. Okay, so yeah, he's Mr. Rash is in here for commodities. A brown paper bag with an old ginger. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I, Tyler Lemons is an old ginger. Apparently. Apparently. Mary then the ginger was not much for a request for the old woman. We're all dead. What? They're all dead. So What are you going to do? Why is he in here for a commodity scheme about ginger if all the women he was trying to scam are all dead anyway? What? Well, he was trying to sell all the old women Tyler Lemons. Are, is, was he selling the ginger to the women? He was selling Tyler Lemons to the gym. That makes women. sense. That makes sense. Master Caper here. <laughs> he was his And pimp. Master Suit 3 pile now peaches him a beggar. The, like, the things, like his joke, this whole joke line, Lusty Pudding and Master Fortright, the, the tilter. You're a Brave Lusty Master Pudding. Shoe, Brave Master Shootie, the great traveler, and Wild Half Can stab the pots. Like he's trying, he's describing, like he knows. Well, no, it's, it's all, it's all 1600s fucking slang. These are all jokes about people you probably would have passed on the streets doing stupid shit. Well, yeah, all the groundlings. This is, this is, this is the, like we talked about last yeah. week. Like just came out. This is the shit for the groundlings right here. This right. is when he's like coming in and he's fucking naming names. He's talking about the neighbors. And he's like, yeah. You know, Billy who 
pisses on the fucking side of the building all the time. And Jimmy fucks your neighbor's wife and everything else. But he's got slang names for all of them. Yeah, he's talking about how his profession, you know, the nunnery is what his profession is. I don't know. So, the, the moral of the story is he But he's is, a pimp. He is one of my top clowns. He's amazing. He is an amazing fool. Because he can take these men who are in power. The best part about a good fool... Is they break them down without getting murdered for it. Right. Because <laughs> that's, that's the thing. That's the great part about Touchstone is that he talks back to a duke who's exiling people and has usurped a throne. And he just talks back to him and he just has to stay just a little bit outside of his reach. And he's fine. Yep. Well, that's, 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 that's the bomb well, is always the thing with the jester is, is you know, you have to, you, you know the line. You know where that line is. Touch it with your toe. Not and that. you just, yep, yeah, and then back. Uh, just just, just touch the line. Yeah. So I would absolutely do this. The problem is that everybody who would come to it would be expecting a comedy because it's labeled as a comedy. And, and it, I don't think that it would you direct that just, way. You, you can't direct it that. It. You can't direct it that way. This in this. Mm-hmm. No, if you direct it that way, it's gonna play poorly. You're doing a disservice to the yeah. text. You'd have to put on the ads for it, measure for measure, a non-comedy. Like you'd have to find a way to make or it very a, clear. a black. Comedy, the dramatic comedy. Yeah. Well, you go, you can put a black comedy, right? Because they're still yeah. funny. They're still they're funny still in there. Funny in there, but yeah. So uh, adaptations. Let's let's hit our last pin. So well, you said you said you knew of one with yeah, M for so M with M for Isabella M is a man. Yeah. Right? So they are playing with what if Isabella is a man, a brother. So a brother to to Claudio. Claudio, and. So, Every, everything else in the every all the rest of it stays the same except for Isabella as a man. So yes. Okay. So it takes it takes the assault of Angelo to a different level. Well, yeah. I mean, it changes the dynamic of it. Right. It, that assault is at a different level. It also changes what happens between Angelo and Mariana. That it changes that as well. Mm-hmm. What is Mariana, who is not a man? But yeah, he's all trying to get an Isabella, who is a man. Um, and then Did they it, change the name? I don't. I don't know. I haven't been able to find. Like I found it on Amazon. Oh, okay. But I didn't pay money to watch it yet. I thought you had seen it before. No, I just I found it. Oh, it was okay. an adaptation. Okay. I just okay. thought it was a really cool adaptation. I misunderstood it. I misunderstood it. So it's definitely one that I'm gonna go find and find a way to watch it. Uh, everything else was just pretty classic. Well, um, straight adaptations. Straight adaptations yeah. of it. Uh, different descriptions on how they did the ending. Any YA adaptations of this uh, one? Not that I'm aware of. I don't know how this would... I yeah, mean, this would... Oh, no, I mean... You're, oh, gee. Ha. Yeah, yeah right? Um, John as... Green going to have to do some work on this one. John no, Gr- it just would be a John Green. John, no, John Green went into hiding already. Remember, I chased him off. Good. And I don't think there's any literary web series adaptations of this one. Again, fucking yikes if there is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But no, this is not a YA. This is not a... Mm-hmm. You don't... You don't... It, because... Especially because of the cultural landscape as it is now and the... the. There's a Hindi adaptation. Okay. Sorry. You don't... This is... This is... Heavier material than it would have been when Shakespeare wrote it. Yeah. 
and you can't approach it lightly. Um, it's incredibly important to approach it. And I think that it is because of the timeliness. This is, this is the perfect play to do during this time that we're in, in our, in our culture and in this, in this country is to, to do this Mm -hmm. as to draw attention. I'm pretty sure Lisa directed a full production of this at BGSU while we were in Virginia. Mm. Um, I remember somebody doing measure for measure. I'm pretty sure it was Lisa. Um, And I know that we talked about it a lot in class when we worked on our final projects for it. Um, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I lost touch with the university's theater department for a little while there. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very powerful play i think that it can be put on to great thought-provoking effect um and i think it's a play that should be done more often because i think it has a lot to say about the world we live in especially right now especially right now and that's where i come down on it yeah it it makes me angry i'll watch it with you um We'll get we'll get together. We'll yeah. we'll grab uh we'll grab some beers. This play makes me angry. Almost every character in this play makes me angry. Um, really, there's there's three characters. I like that... Isabella. I like Aeschylus for the most part. You like Pompey? Yeah. Thanks. I I like when you guys don't like the pool. I feel personally. <laughs> I like I like I like Isabella. I love Pompey Bum. Um, Mariana is fine. She wants bad no, things. I don't agree with her choices. I don't agree with what she wants. But she's not wrong for wanting what she wants and going after it. I'm very, like, that, I have a lot of problems. I'm not, I'm not going to take away her agency by disagreeing with what her choice is. And I feel like but that. But I want to wrap her up in a blanket, serve her some cocoa, and talk what to her about she, toxic look relationships. At, look at your she, life. Yeah, look she, at your choices. She, does, she needs a sassy gay friend. She needs a sassy gay friend. She does. Okay, but that friend. that's not my place, right? That's that's for her to realize and, you know. A lot of people in this one need a sassy gay friend. I, I just feel this like. Play could be fixed. The head. This this play could be fixed if they got their asses beat and had a sassy gay friend. I think it is an interesting way that you could take a full, like a really wide look at different forms of sexual harassment and sexual. Assault. You know, a really a really interesting way to do this play. So if you're going to stage this one, is to do it in a form of repertory, where instead of repertory, where you swap out what play you're doing each night. Swap out the... Swap out how you're doing this play. Mm. You'd have to rotate cast. Well, you'd have to change the cast slightly. But a lot of the characters could be the same. Like, you don't have to change how Pompey Bum is played across any no. way that you do it. No. And your Pompey Bum can be... Pompey could be the same. And you could have... is a you could have the same Claudio. Yeah. You could, like, a lot of them could be the same. But in some, you'd want to change it up a little bit. You'd want to throw a different actor in there or a different actress in there. But I think that'd be an interesting way to do it is, is a repertory over, over the course of a month. You, you rotate 
through a few different ways of... Then the challenge is getting the audience to come back for the other side. And that's exactly it. And that's... that's because if you're looking at, let's say... And that's that, how you advertise it. That's how you, you... A night is happy, fun, fun time. And B night is a serious look. And they only come to ha- A night. Then they're missing the rest of the Well, story. no, I'm not, I'm not saying any of them is happy, fun, fun night. <laughs> no, it's different. the different perspective. It's the one night is the... Isabella walks away. Another night is that Isabella loses. Right? Like we talked about earlier. And and whatnot. And you rotate things like that. It's not that you're... Oh, I think that you could absolutely... It's not that you're ever directing it as an actual comedy. I I think that you could tartuffe the shit out of this. Well, I mean, oh yeah, okay, so you throw that in there every once in a while. But I'm not saying... That's not a a one-night-this, one-night... Completely different. It's a you rotate over the course of the run of this show three or four different ways you're approaching the themes of the show. I think if I was going to rotate, I would do something very stark. I would want to throw into great relief one or the other, so that you're seeing. And see, I would, I would rather like a 1950s look at this play versus a today look at this play. I would rather clue it. One plus one plus two plus one plus two. Flames <laughs> on the side of my face. No, but I, I would rather do that where you're, you know, like the the you know the you don't know what ending you're gonna get because when you go to the theaters, you, you don't know what you're getting with the ending or clue, right? All right. Well, other than that, I don't. I think have that wraps shit. us up, right? Yeah, there's yes. a lot to unpack with this one and a lot to talk about, and hey. I think more people should read it. Um, and I don't. I still okay. I still. It. I still don't like the play. Right. I think it's going up. I think it's in my top ten. I okay. I still don't like it, but I think that's because of the how problematic. It I think is. I want to take this play to ACT to the Actors Collaborative Theater and see if they'll let me put it on. Do it. Because I don't want to take it to the Village. Do it. I, the Village it. is a little more blue-haired than that. No, do it though. But I would, I would take this to Jeff Albright and be like, "Can you give me space?" No, do it. Yeah, because sure. and you've got, you've got the ability to do it, and it's a, it can be great. And like I said, the reason I don't like it is because of a lot of the problematic nature of the play, yeah. not that it's not worth doing, yeah. and not that it's not well written and things like that. It's just that there's a lot of questions about how to do it. That come into problems. Well, and Ryan, we need to get out of their house. We do. They're they're both tired and they're looking at us funny. It's we not funny. We do have to be up in like seven hours. Oh, so oh come up. on! Oh, I've been up since five a.m. Well, my Good kids are fucking you, but I want to go to bed. My kids are gonna wake up at six. I went to bed last night after midnight and got up at five a.m. So that's, ducky for you. <laughs> what Chase is saying is that's not healthy for you, and it's not healthy for them either. So. Well, no, that's fine. That's right. fair. Well, this but has been seven Sha- hours of sleep. Come on. This has been Shakespeare's podcast. <sighs> All right, I'm Ryan Hatfield. If you want to go to bed, you got to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Green. I'm Chase Green. They say good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. What? The moose in the pod will show you out. I'm going to make your teeth bleed.
This has been a Ghostlight Media production.